What's up, Melanated family? This is your man, Harrison Man, with Melanated Combo Podcast, with the Melanated Combo Podcast from Melanated Fathers TV. I'm happy to have everybody back for a brand new week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the show. If this is your first time listening to the Melanated Combo Podcast, what we do here basically is have interesting conversations about everything that goes on in our community. Melanated basically means black, it's a cool way of saying black. I, I like to identify myself opposed to using black and african-american but that's a different topic you feel me but what we do on the show is we interview interesting people from the community we talk to athletes we talk to preachers we talk to motivational speakers we talk to authors whoever it may be sometime i just have um interesting conversations with fathers who go through different things with their children a single mother even right so it's a lot of different things that we go through in the black community and it's important that we have these conversations we have detailed conversations sometimes we have fun but it's just important to have the conversation there are all types of platforms available for you to consume there are platforms that focus on comedy there's platforms that folk that focus on joking or 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 political things whatever the case may be over here we focus on everything melanated so it can go from talking about relationships to sex to baby mama drama, whatever it may be, because a lot of us come from a particular neighborhood where it's, it, it hasn't been okay to discuss certain things, right? So I bring brothers on my platform and sisters who are articulate, who do a really good job of conveying their point of view about their black existence, all in hopes of inspiring you, you feel me? So thank you for listening to another episode. If you're listening to this on one of the digital platforms, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of them, please leave a review, continue to listen. I see the downloads go up weekly. I see y'all on the show. Of course, we're doing it visually on YouTube. If anybody from the digital world would like to watch what we're doing visually, the show comes out every Sunday on Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. You can see the show visually if you want to. Everybody listening or everybody watching the show from one of the video platforms, please like the video, share the video. If you have not became a subscriber to the Melanated Fathers TV YouTube channel yet, you plan on that channel. Not only do we have this podcast, but I also have a History Matters section where I talk about different people, places, and things in our history. It's my opinion that by doing this, we'll get a clear understanding of how we are to move forward in this corrupt society and all the shit we got to go through. You feel me? Also on the show, we talk about black businesses. In my opinion, if you care about the wealth and the health of your community, there are several things you can do to combat racism, to combat classism, there are several things you can do, right? One of those things is supporting black businesses. I know black folks who be like, Harrison, I ain't with that marching shit. I don't want to go out there and march. I ain't going to put on no koofy. I don't want to go. Cool. If, if, if you don't want to participate in the revolution that way, fine. Support a black business. Find somebody black you know selling qualified goods and services and support them. You feel me? giving your money now of course we work hard for our money so i would never suggest to you just to give your money to anybody right we're looking for qualified black businesses but if you find one and things don't go as planned don't don't talk shit about them don't throw some negative stuff on them in, on social media don't go the negative route hit them up let them know hey i haven't got my shirt yet this didn't come right you know what i mean every time something happens with a black business, some of us have the mentality where it's like, see, that's why I don't shop with y'all. Well, 
We need to get off that shit. We are one. You see what I'm saying? So help them. A lot of us are just now getting into business. A lot of us don't come from money. We don't come from families that have created practices that surround us with business acumen. If we're struggling and a lot of us come from that, we're not going to have business acumen. So, you know what I mean? Give everybody a break. So also on the show today, because like I said, mostly every show we have an interview, someone interesting from the community on the show today. I do a um, like a little series online with my brother, Barry Axius, um, brother to brother or, or, or brother. Can we talk? I'm sorry. I think I'm messing the name up. But um, on this platform, I met a young brother named Tyler McClure. Right. And Tyler is a minister. He's a motivational speaker. So he being so young. Right. Because I'm a black man that's 41 years old. When I was a teenager, when I was in my early 20s, um, I did what a lot of teenagers do in that regard. Like I'm drinking, I'm smoking, I'm chilling, I'm having sex indiscriminately. You know what I mean? So these decisions affected my life until I was a grown man, like until now. You see what I'm saying? Some of these things sparked the idea to create my platform. But nevertheless, I was severely affected by my decisions as a young person. So whenever I see a young person who's attempting to forge a path forge a path that doesn't involve a lot of the things that I involve myself in, you know what I mean? Or just having a different mindset. I didn't become conscious of what it meant to help my community and what it meant to help people who look like me till I was well into my thirties. You feel me? So everybody evolves at a different pace. Some of us earlier than others. And I think that's important because sometimes we have a lot of young dudes running around here who don't want to listen to an old head. That's what they call me. Shit. I was on a, <laughs> I was on a basketball court. I'm 41 now. This is maybe five years ago. I was on a basketball court and I can still hoop. I mean, I'm, I mean, come on now. I can still get out there, right? I'm on a basketball court. Dude told me I got OG. I'm looking around. Like, who are we talking about? <laughs> he talking about me. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes when you get a little bit older, the younger generation isn't as keen to look for you for advice or guidance depending on who you are. You know what I mean? So I thought it was important to bring this brother on the show so he can talk to us about his come up. He can talk to us about where he's from. Of course, um, with my platform being um, um, amplified by fatherhood, of course, we're going to discuss his father and different things in that nature, man. So I'm happy to be with y'all today. Again, this is another episode of the Melanated Convo podcast. If you just tuned in, let's get everything popping. So first, with a black business, like I always said, man, get a pen, get a pad, get some paper. You know what I mean? And like I said, man, if I bring on a business that you don't rock with or it's not something that you felt that would be necessary in your life currently, then tell me about another business. If you have a brother or a cousin or someone you know who has a website, because my show is broadcasted and I have fans everywhere in the country. So it's beneficial if the information you give me about a business is for a business that anyone can reach in the country. But I support my people here in Sacramento. So if it's just a local business, that's cool. So if you know about other businesses, please let me know, man. I'm always open to it. You feel me? So first black business. Let me get this thing popping real quick. This is the bank I have. Hold on one second. Let me make sure I'm showing it the way I want to. Yeah, we're going to show the whole screen today. You feel me? We're going to show the whole screen today. Now, this is one United Bank. Now. Again, unifying and pulling our resources together is one of the primary avenues we can use to better our conditions here in America, right? We all know that. 
like I said, just supporting a black business in general is very important in my opinion. But also, if we have black banks, if we have black banks, excuse me, it's important to put money inside of these black banks. That's extremely important. So one bank I want to tell everybody about, because like I said, rarely do I mention a business, excuse me, rarely do I mention a business that I don't frequent or that I'm not at least semi-familiar with. You feel me? So I want to introduce everybody to One United Bank. This is a black bank, right? This is a black bank. So this is what we need in our community, family. Like a lot of us like to walk the walk. Like uh, um, talking about injustices on online or expressing your anguish for how we're treated in this country by talking to your friends about it, talking to people who aren't black about it. All these things can be considered productive, right? But at some point, you got to put your feet to the ground and begin to help us in a practical manner. You feel me? And like I said, you can protest. You can start an organization. You could be a part of an organization. Like I was saying last week, you can go pick up trash in the local neighborhood. Shit, You can mentor kids in your neighborhood. There are several different ways that we can affect change in our community. And one of those ways is supporting a black bank. Now, I and this is one one United Bank. Is the largest black-owned bank in America. Of course, they have um, checking accounts, savings accounts, secured credit cards, um, a United Visa secured card. Um, I think they may have home loans and things of that nature soon. You know what I mean? So this is important, family. And let's say you you bank with Bank of America or Golden One or one of the more traditional institutions. That's cool. Like I, when I talk about black businesses, I don't mean. Um, completely doing everything black now we we are realistic and understand that there are some products and services that that you can't get immediately that is given to you by someone black but you can start the process you know what i mean and and what i would do because this is what i do personally if you have a bank account with golden one or 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 bank of america or chase or any of these places use one united bank for just your savings account you see what i'm saying if you don't want to go the full route and get, you know what I mean, your checking or your savings directly with them. Now, they, uh, of course, there isn't a whole bunch of branches around the country yet, but you can access your money through several hundred ATMs around the city. So it's still real convenient. They have direct deposit. You, you can function exactly like you would going through Bank of America or something. You know what I mean? But I was just saying, if you have an account with someone established already, I understand that. You feel me? I understand that. But Use this as your savings account. Tell people about it. Many people may not be aware that there are black banks that they can support. You feel me? Supporting these type of institutions. Again, this is a black business. The more money they have in their bank, the more money they can lend out, the bigger they can become. You feel me? A bank of America and a lot of these other institutions who are frankly white institutions, you know, a lot of the times they're popular because we just bought into um whatever their vision was you feel me we just bought into their marketing plan so now we just use them frivolously but you can actually use a bank created by people that look like you so i want everybody who, who who's listening to me right now go to oneunited.com oneunited.com to open account to open an account it's just um 25 dollars to open account that's all i had to pay there's some real fly cards too here that i got to pick i have like an african king on my card you feel me and in in my mind i'm like i want to whip that thing out 
You feel me? I want everybody to see it. <laughs> no, I don't think they have the, the kind of card here. But anyways, go to oneunited.com. Oneunited.com is how you get to the website. The name of the bank is One United Bank. Let's support our people, family. I implore everybody listening to the sound of my voice, regardless of what your walk of life. If you a dude that's in the street, if you a single mom, if you're a college graduate, if you're an engineer, if you're a pastor, if you whatever you do for a living, whatever walk of life you take on in this existence as a melanated person, that's fine. All of us can contribute to moving us to the next level you feel me if you don't like injustice if you don't like police brutality if you don't like a lot of the things that happen to us cool start doing something about it you feel me so that is one united bank one united bank let's get on to the next business family i'm excited bring my boy tyler on here in a minute so he can spit some game we can have a good conversation smart young brother hit that like button hit that share button if you ain't did so already you playing with me you know what i mean you better get on board now next business and I do something on Facebook where I reach out to everybody who follow me and ask them if they know any black businesses, right? They, if they know a black business, regardless of where they're from, at this point, I don't charge for it or anything. I just want to see all of us win. It's my opinion that the more of us that are doing good, the safer we'll be, the more constructive we'll be, the more structured we'll be. You know what I mean? It, it, it benefits all of us, whether you know it or not. So state versus us magazine is the name of this website now on the website you can find news stories and different things like that but what i want to show you is the actual magazine which is state versus us magazine that focuses on police brutality it focuses on mainly a lot of the injustices that we face in our community it focuses on highlighting people who are movers and shakers in our community you feel me the latest uh episode or i'm sorry the latest magazine here has my brother Riza islam on it who's a brother that i rock with so if you go to the website see for 9.99 you can get a magazine see you can get a magazine where it has articles news stories uh black businesses i see down here all these things pertaining to our community so it just puts you in the know that's why i thought this was such a good idea because this brother whether people you know are indifferent about him like him whatever He's a positive black man in our community that you may not see on television. You feel me? That you may not see on mainstream TV. So if you don't go to YouTube or go to other more underground platforms that are available to just everyone, you may not know who this brother is. So magazines who highlight or platforms rather who highlight brothers like Riza Islam is important to me. You know what I mean? As many of us we have on board, um, as many of us we have on code rather, where we understand the importance of up of of bigging each other up the importance of being positive with another black person sometimes we be on this shit where if we see someone doing well or we see someone doing something we're not quite sure about we go right to critiquing them and comparing ourselves to them and being unfair to a degree where we kind of need to start with love at this point you know what i mean if we're upset about how people are treating us outside of the community inside of the community there got to be some love too you feel me so this is state versus us mag.com state versus us so you can go there and you can get that you can get that the recent magazine there are later issues look, look at the boy wallow if y'all don't know who wallow is he a good brother my son on the latest issue as well so this is a great business model you know what i mean 
They have videos, a media kit. You can advertise in the magazine if you have a platform like mine and you want to put your information in front of more like black people in particular. This would be a good place to go to, to, to get your advertise on. So go to stateversususmag.com. The sister, I want to shout this sister out because she reached out to me. Her name is Tia Hamilton. Sister Tia Hamilton is the owner and CEO of this magazine. So that's a black woman doing it. You feel me? Always got to give love to the to, to, to the black women who are holding it down after, you know, all the shit they get here in this country. So stateversususmag.com is where you go to get this magazine. Let's keep things going. Now, let's get to my brother Tyler. Let me bring him back on real quick. Oh, last thing I got to do real quick. So my partner, who is from Sacramento, and I'm... I appreciate the fact that, let me say something real quick. I appreciate the fact that a lot of the men that I grew up with in Sacramento, I'm, I am in Sacramento, California for everybody that's listening elsewhere. I've been saying that that's my home city, South Sacramento to be exact. But I appreciate the fact that more than half of the men that I grew up with in this city, right? Because a lot of us are on social media. A lot of us see what's happening out there. I'm proud and I'm honored that they salute me when they see me. You know what I mean? Sometimes I forget what I do because I have a business that I run and other things that I do. But this is my passion, y'all. Speaking to my family, empowering black people, empowering fathers, teaching about history. This, this, this is my passion right here. So I see a lot of black men that I grew up with or that I, we know each other because of the city we live in. And they salute me for what I do. They they appreciate it like they understand the need for positive information in our community, even if some of the dudes I see who ain't on the right side of the law, you know, what I mean, down down even matter. They see me and, and they understand the importance of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So I want to shout out my brother, George Lee from Strictly Hustling Clothing, No, Strictly Hustle Clothing. You can see my shirt. Let me show you my shirt real quick. You know, what I mean, Strictly Hustle Clothing. You know, what I mean. My boy, George Lee, he been telling me, man, I need you to wear the shirt on the show. I'm going to get you a shirt. I'm going to get you a shirt. I seen the brother in traffic. So it was, you know, it was meant to happen. I seen the brother in traffic and he saluted me. And, and that's 100. He do a lot of things with cars and stuff, too. He got a lot. He got a lot of nice old schools, but he's been doing this business for a while. Um, strictly hustle clothing. Any black man who is choosing to use their time to be productive. We understand the neighborhoods we come from and the type of. Um, activities we could get involved in. So whenever someone tries to embark on a creative endeavor, clothing line, some type of fat, any type of business that's positive, I'm always going to get behind it. So if anybody is interested in ordering some of the shirts, it's a lot of different colors, real fly, real fly shirts, real comfortable. You know what I mean? That's strictly hustle clothing. You can hit George up at hustling have on Instagram. That's at hustling, just like it sounds, have H E V on Instagram. That's the boy, George Lee. Shout out to you, George, man, for, for, for supporting what I do, brother. I appreciate that. Now, on to my interview. Like I was saying, me and this brother met during some forums. We were having discussing a lot of issues that black men just don't sit around and talk about. That's kind of the long and short of it. Certain type of men do. But in, in the for the larger scale of things, a lot of men, and this ain't even black men, they'll sit around and talk about or women, they'll talk about sports, but you know what I mean? How you feel today? You know what I mean? How your girl made you feel when she left you? All, all the things that some would consider emotional in, in these forums, we discuss 
these type of things in particular. And for me, because I don't have these type of conversations rarely with people around me, I revel in it. I'm going to do it every time. I'm going to do it every time. I'm going to I'm I'm listen. I'm learning. I'm big on listening to information who black, from black men that I respect and I'm learning. So I'm happy to have this brother on the show, minister, motivational speaker, Tyler McClure. How you doing today, brother? I'm good, family. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm yep. super grateful to be here. I like that Strictly Hustle. Uh, yeah, right, too. right. So I'm going to have to cop that. Shout out to your man. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. dope. Yep. He right here in SAC, man. So like I was telling you, Tyler, you know what I mean? We've been able to speak um, sure. on that platform and kind of just get an idea about each other. But I wanted to, because of how young you are, because of how you think in, in the moves that you're making in our community, a lot of the young men around us um, can benefit from that way of thinking. And you mentioned something that was important last show with me and you. If you just look at us, we're going to look like any dude you would see on the corner, any dude you would see. Like, we don't, you don't have to look a particular way because you're knowledgeable or because you care about black people. Like right. that don't come with right. a certain outfit. You know what I mean? So I want to make sure that me and you chop it up. And I wanted to get into some of the things hey, about childhood and everything you've been doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, respect. I appreciate it, man. The platform is sick. I'm like, we 20 minutes in. I'm like, it's like it's only been five. I'm locked in. So I'm ready to get it, man. It's, it's about time. Um, Definitely. I love, I love the way you think, too. So I'm glad to just be on the platform. I'm, I'm super grateful. Definitely. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know who you are, tell everybody where you're from, fam. I'm from the south side of Sacramento, California. There we go, yeah. You know, I'm a Sacramento native to the heart. Um, 28 years old, uh, grew up in a single-parent household. Like you said, I am a, I am a minister. Uh, I'm a minister at St. Paul uh, over in Oak Park, so I might be from South Sac, but I love the P, too. Um, I, I, I'm working on motivational speaking in terms of mentoring, but that's my, my second biggest platform is me mentoring. Um, I'm working on a, I'm currently working on a nonprofit, um, titled gifted misfit right here. There's not a website yet. It's in the makings though. Um, and that's just to, to help parent, um, support with our, our young black men, uh, really minorities in general, but our young black men who grew up in single parent households, much like myself, um, I tend to think that they are outcasted. And if we do the statistics on, um, children who grow up without fathers in the home, they have everything going against them. Uh, the the job security, academics, um, getting involved with drugs, all that is things that they'll have to deal with more so, um, even bad relationships if they just don't have a father figure. And so since they're often counted out or marginalized, um, I'm somebody who I feel like somebody was able to pull the gifts out of me and uh, show me those things that I have possessed within my being. It's my goal to do the same thing. So therefore you find yourself with a gifted misfit, right? Outcasted. Mm -hmm but definitely have something to offer to the world. So I'm currently working on that. And then God is my, my central piece right there. So I just, I go from there. And I also do a definitely. little poetry here and there too. So, you know. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Okay. So real quick, you mentioned that you grew up in a single parent home. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's unfortunately, um, right. that's a theme for a lot of us, me included. Yeah. Right. But talk to me about, your experience like did you grow up because we'll get to your pops and i've seen That's you put tributes out to your pops and i can tell 
you're sincere and there was something there. You know what I mean? So yeah, for tell sure. me about growing up without a pops. Like, did you never see him? Was he in and out? Like, talk about that experience. So he was around when I was first born and then was always in and out. So there'll be periods of time where he'd be here for a minute and he'd dip off. Be here for a minute and dip off. And I didn't understand that as a kid. He's living with us and he's not living with us. and He's gone. And then there was this period of time uh, in my adolescence where he just wasn't there. Right? It'd be random phone calls here and there, but we don't know if he's good, what's going on with him. Uh, and so he's just absent. And so that left me to really just deal with um, – a running theme of absent men in my family. Grandpa and grandma split up. Grandpa moved back to Georgia. Aunt wasn't married. Um, me and my sister are twins, so we're still kids together. And then my mom, and she's not with my father. So it really just left me in this this female-ran environment, which isn't bad because, you know, our women are forced to be strong, unfortunately, due to circumstances. But I felt uh, I felt alone because I didn't, I didn't have nobody teaching me. Um, I just, again, I, I rely on God so much because – I felt like he was like, you know what? Your mom can't teach you how to be a man. Your dad's not here to teach you how to be a man. I'm going to put people in your life. So I was always blessed to have positive male figures pop up and make these guest appearances for a period of time to even pour into me. And then for me to recognize that what they were doing was pouring into me so I can grab that wisdom. It was never, oh, no, I don't want that from you. I don't want that from you. I was always looking for somebody to pour into me. Um, But I was left to kind of find my identity on my own. Um, because me and my mom had our rifts because the running theme is if you look like your daddy, then you're a minor of your daddy, then, you know, you get treated like your daddy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I always felt like this, this, this friction in the house. So I always felt like I was trying to grow up and be a young man, but didn't have the, the manual. Right. And so that's when my Bible kind of gave me peace, but, um, it was, it was lonely for sure, but it was definitely eye opening at the same time because I, over time I, I started to see why my pops wasn't around. When we talked eventually, I knew why he wasn't around. And I was more grateful that he wasn't around like that than being around and me having that being my primary role model than um, having a positive one. So eventually in time, all things started to make sense. But growing up, it was tough. It was super tough. Seeing people with their pops on Father's Day and having young boys look up to their dad and it's just like, where's where's mine at? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my, I'm a lefty. With a right-handed jump shot, me too. My jump shot looked weird. And it's like, didn't nobody teach me? I had to learn how to shoot a hoop by myself. So it's just yeah. different things like that. Having my god sister help me with my bow tie on prom day, teaching myself how to drive, like all the things that you expect a pops to be there to teach you how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of felt the absence in many different avenues. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me about you as a young man, like growing up in the South, like South Sac. For everybody has to know South Sacramento. Like a lot of places in America, anywhere there's a concentrated a concentration of black people who don't have a lot of money, you'll have a lot of things, you'll have crime, you'll have drug dealing, you'll have a lot of nefarious things going on. Like, what was your relationship to that kind of stuff? Like, did you get involved in any of that? Like, did you take the fact that there wasn't there was a lack of some guidance? Was there dude in the streets that ever allured you to be a part of that life? You know what I mean? You know what? It was. In the streets eyes, I was a cornball because I didn't, I was always on the cusp. Like all my friends were part of that. Everybody knew it was a part of that, but I never crossed that line. Mm. However, I was into other stuff like women or stealing, but it was never the gang banging or the, the selling the drugs part. 
So I never engaged in it, but it was always around me. And I think for me, what kept me from it was that, that, that gospel. I mean, the Bible is what gave my peace. Like there's a certain directions. There's just certain direction within the word of God that allows me to move a certain way. So although I'm going this way, I know it's not right, but it's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? To where I know that the trajectory of my life will change if I enter that lifestyle. So I'm going to play with the line a little bit. So I was always playing with the line, never too far out, but I've always felt the the um, impact of what's going on in the community, the the police antagonizing. Like I, I'm, I'm a poster boy for that. The police stay pulling me over or drawing their guns on me or being harassed by the cops or um, where are you from? I got a lot of that or almost being jumped. A lot of that, you know, uh, do you want to sell drugs? Do you want to smoke? That was always presented to me, but the wisdom that was given passed down to me always allowed me to make the right decision. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what allowed me to be the Tyler that you see today versus the Tyler that could be or could have been some time ago had I took in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that influence is always very present, but um, just having those guest features of those men in my life always allowed me to refer back to my, ah, maybe let's, ah, let's, maybe let's not do that either. Ah, mm, that looks enticing, that sounds fun, it might even feel good, but we're gonna go this way instead. So I think in my peers' eyes, coming up, you know, uh, he's a goody kid. It's like, nah, my bad, just look different from yours, right? Class clown or, you know, always talking to the girls or stealing this on the under. But I just stayed out the way because I knew what was on the other side of that. Like, it's RIP everywhere. Or it's, it's always drama here and there or it's dealing with the police here. So I don't want more problems, but I know what those problems come with for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. Now, um, one thing, because I'm going to ask you about getting into ministry at like such a young age. And, you know, I just have questions about that. But one thing you just said that I want to touch on, like for any of my younger listeners or for any young black men that's listening, a mother who's listening, it's important that we begin to categorize what we're looking at a little bit differently. Now, I know kids are silly and kids don't know much, but in our community, for a particular reason, if you smart, if you're portraying like intelligence, if you aren't with, quite frankly, the bullshit, if you pride yourself on going to school, this isn't all the time, but a lot of times, if you don't got swag to a degree, you're ostracized and you're treated a particular way. And we got to kind of get off of that as a community. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's funny how the dudes that everybody called square in high school, because I was a part of that in high school. Like we were, when I think back, we were pretty stupid. Like if you think about it, like we, we didn't know much The we were in such a small environment and this small environment kind of created all of our rules and regular, you, know, you know what I mean? And a lot of the dudes now that everybody thought was square that couldn't dress. That was kind of weird. This fool engineer. Now he working in Silicon Valley. Now he's a doctor. Now. He's and some of the dudes. We thought that was the coolest. I see him today, brother ain't got no teeth. He asking me for a couple of dollars. He's struggling. I'm like, damn. This was considered the cool people back then, but we got to start rearranging how we view this. And I think, Tyler, sometimes our household can begin to institute this way of thinking by making reading cool, by making getting good grades cool. You know what I mean? Not relying on your athleticism or your ability to write a rhyme to get you where you want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's real. And I think that's, you said, you said the, the best part right there is our households have to 
re like you know reinforce you know these different these different components to kind of change that image because my mom coming to back to school night and challenging me and my sister in a reading contest or making us write after we done my homework okay go read a book write a story write me a letter about this like constantly making sure that we knew that if we didn't have anything else we had we had academics like whether it be from school or whether it be from home you're always going to be learning something you ain't gonna be walking around here being a fool or taking on whatever take what the world is teaching you and let that be your only thing that defines you my mom was a well, it was dope at that. I think I, I give her the props for making sure that even though that other piece was not there, she still did her part and did it 200%. A lot of times we see some moms try to be the mom and the dad. It's like, you can't be both. You're not meant to be this at all. So my mom said, I'm going to do my part 200%. You know what I'm saying? So Man. that right there is what reinstilled that for me. It's like, you always know what's being when I was always being taught. And so that's right. That right there is what also led me to take a different route. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to still do my dirt as everybody will. It's just going to look a little different because I, I I know a little better, like not better than you, but like I know better than to be doing what I think I want to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you know what? It's it's perfect. You said that and I have a little another little sidebar here for all single moms listening. Be, for one thing, there shouldn't be single moms. Now, we understand a, a, a father can tragically pass away or there can be insinuating circumstances that make a father not able to be there. But in general, it should be two parent homes. The father should be somewhere in close proximity, helping a, wo helping a woman out. But if you find yourself in a position where it's just you understand that you're a woman, like you have to revel and live in that piece because you can't teach them how to be a man. And if you try to cross over where you're giving information and you're this won't necessarily work out for you. So you've got to find men. you got to. But like you said, you can give 200 percent as a woman and that can still um, put the young man in a position where he think a particular way, where he's very respectful. You see what I'm saying? There's a yes. lot of things a woman can control as a nurturer. If you like maximize that nurturing energy, maximize that. Yeah, for sure. You see what I'm saying? While still making sure he tough by not boxing them. You ain't going to box them like you're a man and teach them how to be tough that way. <laughs> you can use all. other mechanisms to teach them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's real. So here's the thing, bro. You man, you said you're 28, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So all of us, the, the bulk of black society was raised in church. We have yeah. an auntie, our mama, our grandma, a home Love church, <laughs> yeah. familiar with it, if not a little bit, more than a little bit. Now, a lot of us <laughs> went to church and soaked up some of the energy and we pray. But we, we think about being a minister, right? So so talk to me about, first off, tell me how long you've been a minister. But talk to me about that journey where you decided to put God first well, a lot of us do, but put God first in the manner of being a part of the institutions that teach us about God. Like that's different than going to church just on Thanksgiving or holidays or praying by yourself. It's different when you become a part of these institutions. Like as a young person, what inspired you to do that? You know what? I, uh, I was raised in church. Like I was taken to church, taken to Bible study and revivals and all that and that actually turned me off because it's like i don't want to be here <laughs> like it's too much so i was never really taught on how to have a relationship with god and that's something i had to find for myself um i wanted to commit suicide at 13 years old i just felt like everything was always my fault 
I felt like I was being treated a certain way. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel cared about. And I figured it might just be best if I wasn't here. I feel like it might just be a lot easier for me to deal with things or for people to deal with life if I just wasn't present. And so I literally went to the bathroom and grabbed the belt and wanted to hang myself and I was stopped. I didn't stop myself because I wanted to do it. I just felt the tugging like your life has more purpose. Find out what it is. Hmm. And I'm like, how do I do that? You know what I'm saying? And so literally somebody I had grew up, my big brother, Nate, shout out to Nate, um, had been around me at this church for some time and I never, we never crossed paths. I mean, I played on a, a flag football team of an organization he worked with and worked for. Um, and I ran across a lot of his homies that I still knew growing up, but I never ran across him. And so that just teaches you the importance of timing in life. He ended up becoming a minister himself. And I just experienced the word of God in a whole different way. Like he was listening to Christian rap, which wasn't Bootsy. Like, you know, some Christian rap is like, you're trying too hard. It was actually fire. God named the truth, uh, the big picture album. It was like, okay, what is this? Like, I can listen to this and still worship God like this? Okay. So I started looking a little bit more of my style, hip hop, um, being down to earth, more transparent, more vulnerable, rather than you have to be a certain way. You have to be perfect. You have to live right. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so I was like, let me figure out what this is. And that's where I found out, like, you know, I'm starting to be given wisdom here or the practical things that we learn in life are all rooted back to the word of God. And I'm just like, wow, I can be loved in spite of my faults. Like, I'm always feeling like when I mess up, I'm being stoned for it. Or when I'm messing up, like, I'm not being forgiven. I'm always being held to what I did last week. Or I'm, I'm not being neglected. And so I really found comfort and peace in the word of God. And I was like, I need to know more. And I continued to live my life doing what I did, doing with women and bumping my head along the way. But this was always the thing I ran back to. And as I ran back to it, it wasn't no longer because I was being brought to it. In fact, my mom started staying home from church because she had her own issues with the church. And it wasn't my grandma. It was, hey, grandma, I need you to give me a ride there. When I get there, I'm going to go learn for myself. So I'm soaking things up just by, okay, let me just hear what you're trying to say. You know what I'm saying? And it helped that I wasn't in an environment where they were prosperity preaching or they're not just spitting like, Oh, if you, if you, if you come to down to the altar today, you'll be rich by tomorrow. So I was never being let down by false hope because, you know, you do have your prosperity preachers who want to finesse people for their cash. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, we can't deny that part, but I mm-hmm. was fortunate to grow up in an environment at St. Paul where there was real preaching. It was just biblical truth. And I thrive off of logic. So it was making sense to me. And so when I applied that back to my life, I'll see the fruits of it. And it wasn't like, okay, I'm scratching a lot of here. Try that on Monday. It's working. It was more so like life ain't going to be easy. Life gets hard. Life gets difficult. But you have somebody who understands that, that you can reconcile life's differences with. And so that's what made me really cling towards it. And that was always like something I danced around. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to give my life to God. But I didn't really choose to be a minister until she's like 21. Like I was 21 and I was like, that's something like I think I want to do because I constantly kept feeling myself grow. And as I was growing, people were falling off. Certain habits of mine were falling off. So it was just kind of like a a caterpillar, right? Like you in this one phase of your life, but then you start getting uncomfortable because this cocoon is growing around you. You got this environment around you at college. I went to Cal State East Bay. That wasn't the best experience. I'm trying this with women. That's not the best experience. I'm trying to fit in here, that's not the best experience. And it's like, you're not gonna fit in where people don't understand you. 
And it's like, okay, so but my mindset is to live this way. And so, okay, I got to go back home, leave college, go home. There's something for me there. So I go back home and I start working with kids. My first job is like, hey, you have a job. Big bro Nate again was like, yo, you, you had a job waiting for you before you left. You still want that job? Yeah. Start working with the kids. And one day at work, I was like, I love this. This is my passion. This is my calling. And so it really just showed me that God was really just speaking to me in these different steps and patterns and phases of my life. And so I really cling to him and answered the call at, uh, in 2017 when I was 24. But I feel like I had been ministering for for years prior before that because of the knowledge that was imparted to me. But technically, since 2017, I've been preaching um, the word of God. And I chose to be a part of it because I, I knew that if people see how real we can be, because we've been given so many images of people who are fake and people who are not telling them to keep it real like it is, like, hey, you can still ask, struggle uh, yeah. with, huh? I said, no, that's what I was going to ask oh, about. Yeah, going. for sure. You can still struggle with women. You can still struggle with whatever it is that your vices are, or you can still have doubt and still trust God. You can still uh, be depressed and trust God. You can still go through a car accident, go through loss and trust God, and, and God can still be present. But I think sometimes we always felt like, if I accept God, if, I, if I'm a Christian, I got to be perfect. And once I understood that that wasn't the case, that's just like an image that some people put on that um, to kind of cast down others. I was like, wait, if I could be imperfectly growing in this situation and still be growing, like I could, I could really flourish. And I've seen my life, like the trajectory of my life shift by submitting to God. And I haven't always submitted. There's times where I do my own thing, but I always find my way back because it's just like, I love you enough to redirect your steps. So Mm-hmm. I just really wanted people in our community that look like us to say, oh, this dude got on some some Nikes and a, a beanie and a hoodie outfit mm-hmm. on. He mm-hmm. preaching the word of God or he up there preaching in the Kobe jersey and some Air Forces. Like, this can't be real. Like, nah, because we're real people. Everything that we see portrayed ain't really what it is. And so when we start looking at things for what they really are or what they're meant to be, we start seeing, okay, this is some genuine stuff right here. This is some real real life stuff right here. I can really apply this to my life. And oh my God, it's working wow like so I, I just felt like i could be that difference and i wanted to be that difference for young people to see and and people my age in their 20s to see or even men in their 40s to see and be like man like this look different than what we grew up on but for whatever reason it's hitting just right mm-hmm. and so i i knew that that's a gift that god give, give has given me to speak and and to reach multi-generations of of older men and younger men and and, and youth and children to be able to gravitate them back towards the word of God and see how it translates in their life to see how God is moving. So that's, that's yeah. all that, that's a lot, but that's, that's beautiful, brother. Right no, no. So here, so because you're a mentor yes. and so in our community, a lot of young kids yeah. um, for different reasons, don't, you don't see a lot of young men in church like you would think, right? Church, for a lot of times has a particular demographic. Yeah. So when you when you mentor a young person, um, what's your approach? Do you approach them with um, biblical information or do you do you approach them from where they're at? Because I ask that being a young dude, a single mom that has a single mom or grow up in a community where it's crack being sown or it's a lot of nefarious things going on. Like, what approach do you use to reach a young man like that? Man, meeting them where they at, the same way that I was met. Like, you know, meeting somebody just where they are. Like, I think 
a lot of times people take the approach of trying to get somebody in the beginning to where you want them to be because you see potential. But it's just like, to them, that's not even realistic at that point. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm not even there yet. Like, you square? Like, I would never be that. Or because the hope that they don't have in their environment. So trying to meet somebody where you think they should be or where they have potential to be is a dangerous thing because there's already a disconnect. So I, I, I try to meet them where they're at. And that's just by being me. Like, um, I think I had one dude show up to our gym the other day. I do a lot of stuff with our men's ministry. And a dude walked in and said, man, this nigga a teacher too? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, and a barber and a comedian, so don't try me. And so I'm like, now sit down. But I think that allowed them to see, like, dang, like, this whole time we knew you, we knew you were different, but we didn't know that you was teaching the Bible. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you have to meet them where they are because that allows them to see that there's a connection that mm -hmm. is not unattainable. You're not talking to them about something that's foreign. And so I never, I kind of allow the fruits of the spirit, like love, kindness, patience, gentleness. I allow that to be how I approach them because they don't know, like if those are fruits of the spirit, that's within the body of, uh, of Jesus Christ, then they're really meeting Jesus. They're not meeting Tyler. They just meeting Jesus representing himself through Tyler. You know what I'm saying? So if I if I if I if I approach a young dude and I'm gentle with him and kind with him and he's not used to that, it's gonna look a little different. He gonna be like, there's something different about this cat. I'm not sure what it is. And if he asks me, I give all my glory to God. Not no credit is ever mine. You know, the man that I become, my mom helped me with that, but I was given her by God. So I just always attribute that back. And they see how you get this, how I get that. Well, I can tell you how, but I can even show you how a lot better. So I throw little nuggets here and there. Um, I, and then allow them if they ever ask to, you know, participate in church with me. I have a lot of boys who, hey, T, can we go to church with you? Oh, you want to go to church? All right, it's good if you want to. Let's go. But I never force that part on them because it, as they get to know you, they should be getting to know God anyway. And eventually, that'll do its own work. You know, if God is the God that we say He is, you don't have to ever throw all that out there. So when people be on the corner like, except Jesus, now I go to hell. It's like, bro, you doing too much. <laughs> like, it's so. It's so funny you say that, man, because of, I'm I'm not a religious person. But one of the things, one of the issues that um, I have with religion and religious people at time is they lead with that. Yeah, they lead yeah. with this information, um, and it's all it, it it almost feels like it's based on a class system opposed yeah. to what you just said. How about you just treat me like Jesus treated everybody? <laughs> How about you just treat me like Jesus did? Yeah. You know I'm gonna walk away like you know what? That was like some godly. That boy going to heaven. That boy going to heaven. You see what I'm saying? You ain't gotta tell me. You ain't gotta tell me to come to church. You gotta. You did see what you did. That's I've never heard nothing like that, bro. Where you be cool, kindness, gentle, patient, relatable, right? Good information. And then they say, then they see you associated with church. Like, wait a minute, you didn't even bring that up to me. Man, you tell I, me that's a, because they used to people, damn near re, recruiting them. Now, you for sure, I mean? if not and if not recruiting them, then condemning them. You know what I'm saying? It's either one or the other. And I myself am not religious either. I had to tell somebody like, "Oh, you, you got a religion." I'm like, "Really? I got a relationship with God." Like, yeah, I, if go. it was religion, then I, I'd be like, I'd be. I'd be different. Like when I was brought to church, all that, I'd be soaking all that up with no knowledge of what's going on around me. Like mm -hmm. I'm very aware of the stigma that comes with being a Christian of, you know, it's the white man's religion, but like, nah, do your research and go way deeper than that. But I do understand 
everything about it. And so I move as if I have that understanding about the, the, the perception of it. And um, I move as if somebody won't hear me. And so I try to make sure that I do everything in my power to make sure they just feel loved. If somebody feels loved differently, like, man, that was, that was dope, bro. Like, it's all good. Just come back. Like, you know, I'll see you again next time. Eventually it'll speak for itself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people get so caught up in the religious part, they run people away. And I'm like, man, if you just have a relationship with God, you'll start to see, you know what I'm saying? You'll start to see the fruits of your labor because God is not going to let anything you do for him go, go no stone, go unturned on his, on his watch. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, why are we forcing people, man? Like, mm -hmm. let's just love on people and allow the love to do the work for itself. Cause it will, yeah. like love will come yeah. back tenfold if you love on people the right way without see? any selfish ambition or trying to condemn somebody or trying to, you know, make this seem like it's a cult because some Christians have done that, but so has yeah. every other religion. And so I, I too don't like to be religious. I like to just say, Hey, I'm allowing my relationship with the God, like show proof to you. You know what I'm saying? Like if me and you cool, everybody, you cool. Like, oh man, he really, he really vibe with Harrison. Cause you know, he respect them. They have a great convo and the energy is right. But if I really don't, they might not. He ain't really about him. When he had his back, he be talking about him. Like, we gonna, we gonna be able to peep that. Something gonna be off. So I don't need a flash. I got a Harrison shirt on. Look, y'all, I'm Harrison. Like, you don't need to do all that. Like, the yeah, relationship will speak for itself, you know? Yep, that, that's important. Because sometimes I quietly, I don't say much, but I'll quietly watch a person who claims to be religious and Christian, and they represent the Bible, and they condemn people based on the Bible. I hear him and see him do it. Man. But I see how they treat people. Man. I see how they it's important. use their mouth. Like your mouth is important. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't be talking about other people, right? We nah. shouldn't be talking that. We mouth shouldn't like. Key. We shouldn't engage in any of that with our tongue, right? Like that should be going on. You should be praising people, uplifting people, bringing people together. That's what your tongue should be doing, right? So sometimes I sit back, like, damn. I mean, if y'all was trying to recruit me. You're not doing a good job. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that's real. That's real. And that, and that's well, I know Christians who, when they walk in the room, it's something different about them. Like, like they got a light almost. Like nothing can bother them. And their words are so gentle. And their approach is so, and I tell them my beliefs. And they don't say nothing. They just talk to me about my beliefs. And it, it feels, you know what I mean? I'm like, damn, you're a great representation of what this thing is supposed to be right. because in our society it's been bastardized to a degree and we always got to understand that bad apples make it look bad for everybody and that's and that's the part that people miss out on like we're not all like that it's like yeah i get it but like some of you guys are contributing to the bigger picture you know what i'm saying <laughs> the big if we was a white t-shirt like you're being a red dot right now <laughs> mm -hmm. and so the white t-shirt is not even all oh, this so pure and white like what the hell is that red dot right there? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's what people focus on because their experience, a bad experience will over overpower 10 good ones anytime. You know what yes. I'm saying? Because it leaves it leaves a mark. And that's and that's why I chose to be a minister because I knew that God had a purpose for me to be able to be that that difference in that in that in that environment, in that realm. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like, we can make an impact. Like I hear people all the time, like, I didn't know that you well, you Tupac is your favorite person. I love Tupac. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love Tupac. And I still love Jesus too. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't have to be, oh my gosh, anti-Tupac to be pro-Jesus. And so, you know, I just I just knew that I had the ability to to be different. And so I wanted God to use me in such a way to to uh to show that to other people, especially our young people, without having to say it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Just loving on them 
Oh, T, you know, my, my grandpa passed. I'm at the house ASAP. Yo, T, like, you know, my son is, I'll be there ASAP. Or we need this and this is going on. Don't worry about it. Hey, did you, is your, is your light still on? Did the money go through? What? Like, allowing that to do it without, you know, bragging on it, without actually trying to put people on blast or take a picture with it. Oh, I paid their bills today. Like, just loving on people behind the scenes and allowing that to speak for itself, building my obituary backwards. You know what I'm saying? So, whoa, wait, 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 say that. <laughs> okay, so look, it's funny. You, I want you to expound on that, but my family has a funeral home, Thompson Rose Chapel, Sacramento, California. Okay. Service. 3601 Fifth Avenue. Quick, quick, quick <laughs> you feel me? Well, check it out. Yeah, My family has a funeral home, and I began because I do what I do. I began get, getting like really into obituaries, and it's in. It's really your uh playbook. What did you do while you were alive? Is going to be on these pages now. I always tell people if what you did was. Uh, Take care of your kids, go fishing, leave them your 401k, leave them your house and just sit on the, sit on the couch and watch football. Cool. That, that That's a good man. If you support your family while doing that and everybody loves you and you love them back, that's a good man. But sometimes I see obituaries where it's like it's four pages long, it's five pages long. And I'm thinking it hit me like, OK, this person had a different purpose in their life. Not bad, good, or indifferent, but their purpose was different. And sometimes when your purpose a purpose is different, you're going to affect a lot of people, not just your family. Because I begin to realize that's how I want to leave this earth, whenever that may be. You know what I mean? I want to be judged by the amount of people that I was able to affect. Like, it, it, it just so happened that I was born Black in America. Now, I'm going to be honest. If I was a different race of person, I don't know what my mentality would be about what I'm For real. At. I was born black, so it hit me hard, Tyler. Like, I have a responsibility to help us out of this struggle. Absolutely. We shouldn't be in the position we're in all these years later. So no. whose job is it? You think I'm finna go put my vote in a ballot, then go back home and watch TV? Not enough. <laughs> what, what did I actually just do? You know they allow us to vote so we won't trip? <laughs> they didn't used to allow us to vote, and it was wars. I was reading like the American Revolutionary War. Some of this was about, wait a minute, man. Y'all tax us and I can't vote for the who in office? No, wait, 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 wait. So they said, okay, okay, look, look, look. Let's make them think they're helping. <laughs> Let's make them think. No, now, of course, local politics, different type of, there are some leeway in politics to a degree, but ultimately, what if everybody, Tyler said, I'm going to do something? Facts. You see what something I'm saying? will actually get done. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, and, and and that's important, brother. That's why I, I made sure that I had a conversation with you, because like I said, even though I'm not a religious person, I'm into whatever it takes to get you to that point. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get you to that point where you realize, you know what? My life is important. My family's life is important. I'm not perfect. I'm going to be a helper of man. Thanks. Homeless, white, black, I'm going to be a helper of men. What get you there? I see people who was on drugs. They was down bad. They was pieces of shit down there. But they no, found man. God, and it was like, boom. So what am I going to tell that person? Don't be a religious person? No, no, you found something that, that got you down for me. Black history and, fit, and these type of things made my light bulb go off. But whatever it takes for you, man, it's hard out here. 
It's hard on everybody. Like mental health, being black in America, if you never sat down with your family and talked about your lights being cut off, talked about everybody that was on drugs, you need to have, this is trauma that we never get treated. You tell people in the hood back in the day, you going to talk to a psychiatrist, they think you snitching. <laughs> they, they think you finna go and, and tell all the neighborhood's business. You know what I mean? That's real. So it's important, bro, that we continue to have these kind of conversations. Oh, oh, one, one, I think I have a couple more questions, but I watched one of your videos because I've seen the videos where you have a little ministry session. You know what I mean? Okay. I see you reading stuff. You was, you was, you was going in. You know what I mean? I was bothered. <laughs> but you said something that I wanted you to, to expound on because um, I think a lot of young people in our community struggle with this um, concept. You talked about the importance of shifting your perspective in life, right? Like sometimes being stuck in a particular mindset can be the death of your soul. It can cause you bodily harm. Be, and, and I'm a Taurus, so I'm stubborn. So I got it even May before. what? May or April? <laughs> May. May what? Uh, May 9th. I'm May 8th, brother. Oh, oh, look at God. Yeah. Look at God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The energy is right for sure. Taurus, Taurus gang in here. What? Taurus gang in the building. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's real. That's dope. That's crazy. You, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just important. Talk to us about that. Like shifting your perspective from wherever you are, because you could be depressed. You could go through relationship. All of us have problems, but like, how are we actually dealing with the problems? You feel me? Because more yeah. are going to come. So talk to me a little bit about why you even approach that way as far as changing your perspective. Well, there's a story behind that. And I had felt like I was with rocking with God. I was one of those people who I was talking about earlier who were, okay, I gave my life to God. So everything's supposed to be great. And this is like at 20 and everything was just crap. Like, I think I had just broke up with my chick. Car, I just bought my first car. Then it got stolen. It was just, Grandpa had just uh, passed away. Laptop got broke before finals. Grades flunked. So I lost my uh, RA job at Cal State East Bay. Mom lost her job. Was going through a depression back home. So I had to move back home. So I felt like, man, God, I gave my life to you. Put all my faith in you. And, and this is what you do to me. Like, just the woe is me thing, right? That was my script. And somebody came up to me and said, man, you're not the Tyler that I used to know. Like, Tyler I used to know would have been like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to trust God with it, et cetera, et cetera. And I stopped. I was like, dang. But at, at first, I was like, who cares? Like, you know what you're talking about. I got a phone call walking out of that room saying that my car had been found. <laughs> and I was so frustrated. And I was like, I think what God was trying to see if I was going to have faith through all life circumstances. And when I rejected him, it was like, okay, so you're here for the benefit. He kind of showed me that. And I felt like I, I literally felt like I slapped him in the face. And I was like, sheesh. So reality check. And I went to work the next day. My big bro, Nate, he was like, man, because I was telling him, like, man, everything is just so bad. He's like, sometimes you have to shift your perspective. And when he said that, I was like, everything's not always as bad as it seems. Sometimes it is bad as it seems, but it could be worse. Mm -hmm. Somebody else has it worse. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lesson in everything. So if you take the lesson, it's not really a loss because the lesson will make you better than just receiving the thing. Okay, let's try that. 
from that day forward, I literally live by shifting my perspective. When my when my gas tank runs out on the side of the road, there's probably something that I'm missing, like an accident that could be me. You know what I'm saying? A a stray bullet that could be flying my way that could be me. When 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 my father dies, man, I'm not seeing it as an opportunity for me and my mom to go closer because I'm so stuck in my grief. Well, we already know that death comes with life, so I should be prepared for that from the moment I recognize death is a part of life, but then embracing my mom over here because you only have this much time left. So I just think that the idea of shifting your perspective allows you more solutions to your issues, allows you more peace, more resolve than this little box that we get in. And it's like, I'm, I'm so limited now to what this could be. So then I don't ever get a chance to really see what it is because it's supposed to be this. And so since it's not that, it's just it. It's like, whoa, pull it, pull it, pull it back a little bit. Ah, it's the big picture right here. There's a bigger picture. And when we get so focused in and laser eyed on, on one little thing, we, we, we're stuck. We're mm-hmm. stuck and we limit ourselves and it becomes the death of us because you're just, you're trapped inside this, this, this simple mindedness that won't allow you any opportunity to see something in a different way that might be the answer to your problem. That might be the thing that makes you rich. That might thing might be the thing that makes you healthy, or it might be the connection to the next best thing. And even the next best thing not being, it doesn't have to be a Tesla. The next best thing could just be how are you gonna eat dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. But when you give up on something or when you limit it, like I have to just I have to just sell drugs. I have I have to just go kill him right now. How about I learn some communication skills? Or how about I learn that I have abandonment issues or that I'm dealing with some trauma? Or how about I recognize that you know what, I was only in this faith thing for the benefit rather than really taking what, it's, what it has to offer and allowing that to mature me. So once I really did that, I blossomed. Like my mind, boom. And now I'm able to impart that on others and those that I've seen take that what that was imparted to me. I'm like, oh, hey, when you told me to shift my perspective, now I look at things way differently. So I use it because it works, but with the young people, I just encourage them because they only think that there's one way to do or two or three ways to do certain things. To get money is by rapping or flipping a, uh, or, 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 or uh, rapping or dribbling a ball or flipping the bag or, you know, selling selling weed. And it's just like, wait, no, there's a whole nother thing over here. And you have a whole lot more in here. And you have a big one of these. So you can do this much instead of just this much. And you can go this far because we're our, sometimes our perspective is just outside. It's just Oak Park. It's just the heights. When on the other side of God's plan for us, it'd be the Bahamas or it'd be LA or it'd be Wyoming. And it's just like, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just so much more on the other side of ourselves that I think that if we even tiptoed into that, we'll see, oh snap, well, what's wrong? I got a glance of what this could be, but because I've been thinking like this, you know, I didn't know that that was even a real thing. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's just a blessing in shifting your perspective to see something else, somebody else's way or another or another avenue to be able to take you beyond what you could have even imagined. So I just think that there's more opportunity and there's more uh, more solutions beyond what we think is just right in front of us. Definitely, definitely. And I think that can be a game changer for a lot of young people. You know it what I mean? Is. I I would say I had moments like that in my life just based on the fact that my dad died when I was eight. My mom died when I was 19. So it immediately, especially when my mother passed away, it immediately 
allow me to associate certain things with pain. Like if yeah. he did, I had, I, I was forced to put everything about my life into perspective. <coughs> right. And that was the most important thing to me, the most important person to me. So everything else became manageable. Now I, I struggled a little bit in that sometimes, but ultimately like being 41 now, that was the thing that catapulted me into the strength that I display because nothing became that big of a problem. Man, I, I had a perspective of that's the worst. This at, at this time, right. you get about my kids and then I said, okay, that was the worst that can happen to me. So what? What I need gas? What man? I, hey, I got a bill due? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's how, now I abuse that mindset sometimes, but right. ultimately. It, I ain't gonna stress over that. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. Your That's your problem is. could be bigger, and sometimes, and I and I got to a point where, if I seen somebody mad about not being able to pay a bill or having a relationship issue, I would get mad at them. Like you know, I would. That's through. yeah, yeah. I've been through, and you crying about that, but in reality, my threshold of pain could be losing my mom. Right. Somebody else could be losing their dog, losing their great aunt. That could no, be the no. worst experience of that type of pain you've had in your life so everybody's threshold is different but everything about life is how you think about it mm -hmm. how big you are how important you are how important you aren't like a lot of the people who are extremely successful i just <laughs> was watching kanye west on this drink temps interview hey i'm, this not guy here, I'm halfway through this guy here <laughs> he <laughs> his problem and his detriment sometimes he believes in himself and, and if you hear any story about this man, they'll tell you with no money in his pocket, he displayed the same type of confidence, right? Yeah. So, and belief in himself. So really what was happening, the people around him was actually, Jay-Z, everybody, they're looking at him like he's crazy. They're actually looking at him and talking to him like, you're out of your mind, kind of. But that didn't deter him. Yeah. See, you gotta kind of believe it. But, but before that shit like really pop off and get somewhere, your mind gotta be like, yeah, I'm there. I'm him. You see what I'm saying? And then everybody around gonna, gonna end up believing you, but like believing in yourself and that also talking about that when you were talking about earlier with how certain Christian people move, I think if you begin to love yourself, regardless of what religion you're a part of, what organization you're a part of, if you be, it sounds simple, but if you begin to love yourself and value yourself, loving everybody's easy. <laughs> No, nah, it, it, it is, though. It is. It really is. You know what I mean? No, nah, it is, because that's no longer a battle for you. So, And I think the hardest person to love sometimes is ourselves, yep. because we know what all we come with. We see our faults. Yep. We know the goals we're trying to reach that we haven't touched yet. We know how yep. much weight we done gained over quarantine. There we so, go. Come on now. <laughs> like, you know, come on now. So when we when we start dealing with other people, we deal with a, with a, a different place. Now, I think I think what you said was like for me, I had a harder, the hardest time. Like even, even now, just dealing with people around me because I know that once you've dealt with the worst pain in your life and you overcome that, I'm like, man, you can overcome anything too. Like if I can overcome that, you for sure can too. But it's like you don't know what's what for them. But then they overcome it, and it's just like, see, you get past it. It's like so that shift in the perspective, man, it's it's big. And I I felt you when you said that, like after losing moms. You said dad at eight and then mom, you're like, okay, I felt the worst of the worst. Whether it's for you or just in general, now, you know, can't nothing stop me. And that's where I be at now. Like, I feel like that confidence 
and then my my faith in God, knowing that He got me, like I just be like, I be feeling invincible. Like I know a bullet could take me out. I know COVID could take me out. But I feel like when it comes to what I can do, I'm limited. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, the ability that thing is always bad as it seems. Taught me to use my 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 L's as lessons instead of losses. Like so, I don't even believe in taking a loss. I believe in taking lessons you know, from those situations. So I either win or I grow because I'm taking a lesson out of it. So I've never felt like since that go. day, I've never felt like I lost except for my dad, except for my dad. So mm -hmm. even in that, I'm starting to see crazy, crazy lessons too. But it's just, you know, I don't feel like I take too many lessons, uh, any more losses anymore because everything has become such a lesson from shifting my perspective. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So young brother, I, I, I appreciate you so much for coming on the platform and I'm getting pretty good at this. I'm not going to lie because you do as well. You do as well. <laughs> the men that I pick, the men that I picked to when look, listen, when me and you first met, I don't know if you remember this, me and you first met, we were the first people on the street. Yes, sir. We said about six words to each other. And I was like, nah, I dare something. First thing I said, hey, I need to get you on the platform. And then you was like, damn, we ain't even, we ain't even started yet. We ain't even got, <laughs> I was like, nah, I see it. And our people, the young men around us, the people in our community, sometimes we struggle because we don't know how to articulate our feelings. We got so many young men and women in the penitentiary right now at, at third, fourth grade reading levels. They can't yeah. articulate. They choose violence in different actions because they can't get out what they need to say to people. It's important for us who are, are, are trying our best to convey messages in a particular way to continue to speak out. And continue to help people. So I I admire you, young brother, that you've been able to master the way of thinking that you have. Because you telling me I'm struggling, I find God. And he was like, I was 20. I'm 20. I'm like, do you know what the hell I was doing at 21 years old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is that's amazing to me to see other young men, same community, but their mentality and their perspective was different and that's beautiful. So we need to continue to spread that message. I, anything you doing, like any event that you haven't, invite me down, brother. I'll come Likewise. check you out. Just continue to be a part of the community the way that you have been without changing, being uncompromising and being normal because sometimes we use pedestals to, to conduct business with our people and that ain't never gonna work. We all the same, we're all in the same playing field and it's important that we see it that way, you feel me? So tell everybody where they can find you, brother. Man, they can find me first off on Instagram at Gifted Misfit. All regular spelling, Gifted Misfit. Um, it's right here on the shirt. <laughs> uh, that's my Instagram handle. Um, or on Facebook at Tyler McClure. That's my name right here, T-Y-L-E-R-M-C-C-L-U-R-E. -E. Um, send me a message on Facebook first because there's a lot of spam pages going on right now. So True that. If you see me True on that. the show, then make sure that you let me know that you, you know, that you're adding me. Um, otherwise I might be a little hesitant, but, mm -hmm. and then, you know, if you hit me on there, we can connect outside of there. I'll give you my phone number from there. If we connect on the personal level, but, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm always accessible, always available. Um, super down to earth and ready to get after it. I appreciate you so much. Allow me to share my story on here. Uh, I hope to, I hope to come back. Honestly, yes, sir. please do some more, but this is, this yep. is so dope. Yep. Yep. So I appreciate you coming on everybody. Please do me a favor and follow the young brother on his social media page um 
um gifted misfit is the instagram page you can follow him on 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 facebook just by his name as you can see there follow him on instagram the brother be having little small photo shoots he be dipped i'll be seeing y'all be like damn is he at a photo shoot or something he hey. he's <laughs> missing the vest with the Man. i'm like damn i can't even do that it's like fall but it ain't fall i see the leaves and shit i'm like he doing it you know what i mean <laughs> well, follow the brother on instagram man oh, everybody who listened to this <laughs> exactly no i see you i see you everybody who uh who yeah. is listening to this on the digital platforms please leave a review like share man i appreciate everybody who listened to the show the people who take the time to respond to my videos people who take the time to comment and talk about my clothes or tell me something about how i talk i don't take none of that um in a negative manner because i'm just appreciative that people are listening i'm in the process of building my platform up man this is something i love to do so i'm never gonna stop so i'm gonna continue to have people on like tyler people that so we can have great conversations you can share them with your friends again this has been another episode of the melanated convo podcast if you listen to it on youtube please don't forget to subscribe to melanated fathers tv on youtube uh, what else last thing if you are in the sacramento area november 25th new uh, uh thanksgiving day we are having our third annual community Thanksgiving dinner at Thompson Rose Chapel Funeral Home. That's 3601 Fifth Avenue. If you're in the Sacramento area for for single moms, homeless people, anybody that don't have a place. Sometimes we find people coming who just say, I didn't have nowhere to go on Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. Some people give out turkeys and that's a good that should be happening in our community as well. You ain't got right. money for a turkey. Go home and eat it. Some people don't got the house to put the turkey in. You feel me? So you give them a turkey, they just going, what, what, what the hell are they going to do with it? So some people need to be able to come sit down, get a plate to eat, a little fellowship, you feel me? Have some conversations or whatever the case may be. So November 25th, which is Thanksgiving, Thompson Rose Chapel Funeral Home, sponsored by Thompson Rose Chapel and Melanated Fathers of America. We're going to get that thing popping on Thanksgiving. So I appreciate everybody listening to another episode of the Melanated Convo podcast. I was, I'm very appreciative to have my brother Tyler McClure here for you as well. Soon. You feel me? So this has been another episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast, y'all. We out. Peace. Bro.